This is Weather Jazz. Here's your host, Andre Bernier. And this is episode number 103 for Friday, March 13th, 2020. We're going to Atlanta this morning. Flight attendants here to serve you on the way down are Maggie, Marion, and Erica. Shortly after takeoff, we'll serve complimentary soft drinks, juice, and coffee. Alcohol is available for purchase with a credit card or an unexpired Southwest Airlines coupon. Selections and prices are located on a menu in your seat back pocket. The aircraft is equipped with Wi-Fi that allows you access to the internet, free live TV, free movies, free music, free texting. Information describing how to connect is on the back few pages of Southwest the magazine. Small portable electronic devices nowadays are able to be used during all phases of flight in airplane mode only. Once we close the forward entry door, cellular functions must be turned off. Large electronics such as laptops, they need to be stowed for takeoff and landing. They need to be stowed under the seat in front of you, please not in the seat back pocket. If you're in the emergency exit row, thank you for volunteering this morning. Check out that safety information card for the selection criteria to sit there and the operating instructions of emergency exit windows on a Boeing 737-700 series aircraft. If you do not meet that uh, criteria or are unable to perform the functions or feel that doing so could cause you harm, please let a flight attendant know immediately we'll find you a different seat. And so that we can get pushed back from the gate, everybody's got to be in a seat with their seatbelt fastened. Your seatbacks and tray tables need to be upright and locked. And all carry-ons need to be stowed either in the overhead bin or completely under the seat in front of you, in front of your feet there under that seat in front of you please not behind your legs ladies that includes your purses anything strapped to your body you need to take that off and put it under the seat in front of you as well not behind your knees or anything like that thank you uh, so much it's going to be a one hour and 37 minute flight that's the wheels up to wheels down time welcome aboard and that's the sound of our flight attendant as my wife and i were settling in preparing for a flight from cleveland to atlanta if you've never been on a flight Let's fast forward now to takeoff when you hear the engines spool up and when we lift off the ground you're going to hear the rumble of the tires of the runway suddenly disappear. Airports, love them or hate them, they are an important part of our lives. There are about 20,000 airports in the USA, but here's the interesting thing. Only 5,000 of those are public airports. That means that 75% of USA airports are private fields. Despite that, most of the people who are involved in flying on a daily basis come from the public airports and airlines. The average number of passengers that fly every day, 2,789,971. Now, to put that number in perspective, that's as if the entire city of Chicago packed their bags and flew somewhere in one day. 
During the peak aviation day, there are over 5,000 jets in the air at the same time. Yet, despite that amazing volume, there are still people who have never flown on a commercial flight before. Reasons vary. Sometimes it's because of aerophobia or fear of flying. This is where today's episode may help. If the mystery can be taken out of the average flight, it may make the idea much less daunting. But because this is an audio podcast, instead of tossing around a volume of numbers that quickly lose perspective and become what some people call a data dump, I'm going to spend a little time allowing you to hear what an average traveler hears during your typical flight. But first, my own perspective on airports and air travel, all with the backdrop of what the airport terminal sounds like in the background almost as if I'm talking to you while walking from one gate to another. When I grew up in southern New England, I lived about one mile away from my hometown airport in New Bedford, Massachusetts, along the south coast. Now, as the crow flies, our house, our front door, was exactly 1.17 miles away from the landing threshold of runway 32, Suffice to say, our family saw our fair share of air traffic, mostly general aviation, both coming and going to the airport. After my brother and I learned to ride our bikes, but before we were in our teens, when we were still quite young, we used to ride to the airport on warm summer days with our best friend from across the street, Jim Buckley. And we used to go as long as Jim's older brother, Donald, accompanied us. We spent countless summer hours watching aircraft fly in and out as we watched them from the observation deck. Occasionally, my father would take us to the airport and even getting permission from the tower controllers to come up for a visit. It was always a treat to see all of the gadgets and gizmos, the flashing lights, and all of the buttons and switches that did various things. As a youngster deeply interested in meteorology, My favorite thing to see was the salometer, an instrument that measures the height of the lowest cloud deck using a beam of light. My father loved telling the story of how, during one of these visits, I slipped past their attention and lurched toward a panel to start flipping switches. Fortunately, the only thing I did was to activate the runway lights on a sunny day. Needless to say... I could have done something with far less innocent consequences. For the record, I don't really remember that event, but I do remember being enamored with all of the buttons, switches, and flashing lights everywhere. I'm sure that all of this exposure to things of aviation has a lot to do with the fact that, eventually, I would get my private pilot's license in the 1980s and go on to get my instrument rating in the 2000s. A memory that brings me one of my greatest joys is recalling flying into New Bedford Airport in our Diamond DA-40 aircraft from Ohio, while longtime high school friend and her father were watching my approach on radar as guests of the tower staff that day. Recently, my wife and I flew south to Tampa, Florida, on Southwest Airlines to see my longtime and now-retired Fox 8 news anchor friend Bill Martin, along with a college classmate that Sally and I last saw as we graduated from what is now Northern Vermont University at Linden. I had my portable audio studio recording so that you could hear some of the sounds typical during a flight. 
Our first leg was to Atlanta Airport in Georgia, where we would catch our connecting flight to Tampa. About 30 minutes before the scheduled arrival time, our aircraft begins its initial descent from 35,000 feet. You can feel this initial descent just like you might feel as an elevator begins transporting you from an upper floor to a lower one. The descent is so gradual that within seconds you no longer feel like you've started your journey toward the lower altitudes. And the pilots do an amazing job of making all of these transitions as transparent and gentle as possible. As soon as the bombs clear up, your flight attendants will be coming through the cabin to collect all service items. And we do recycle here at Southwest any cans, bottles, and newspapers that you have. We'll be glad to take those for you. Once again, double check those seatbelts and welcome to Atlanta. Now, here is what the landing sounds like. Once we touch down, you'll hear the jet engines spool up again, but this time with thrust reversers, and that helps to slow the aircraft down along with the brakes. Once the aircraft lands, pilots still need to navigate the aircraft to the gate, a process that takes a couple of minutes at least. Passengers are required to remain seated and buckled up until the aircraft comes to a complete stop. Once that happens, you can hear the collective clicks of seatbelts unbuckling and passengers getting up to retrieve carry-ons from the overhead compartment. The sounds are much different as you walk from the jetway into the terminal to either head to your next connecting flight or to a baggage claim area if it's your destination. 
If you know of someone who's flying for the first time and is maybe a little apprehensive, make sure that you share this episode of Weather Jazz so that they can become familiar with many of the sounds that they will hear during their first exciting flight. And it's my hope and prayer that you'll enjoy that first experience. And naturally, I'd love to hear from you afterwards. I'll keep the comments section on this post open for a while at weatherjazz.com, episode number 103. And you can always email me using weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Well, do you have an idea for a future episode? Use the very same email address to let me know what your idea is. And I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast via whatever podcast app you're using to listen in. And better yet, spread the word. Weather Jazz is a world audience podcast with an audience from a wide sample of countries in every continent except Antarctica. And by the way, I'm trying to change that. I'm your host, Andre Bernier, and we'll see you soon with a new episode of Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz.